I'm Dr. Jim Hansom. I'm a reader in Geographical and Earth Sciences at the University of Glasgow. I'm also a Professor of Geography at the University of Canterbury in New Zealand. So I've done quite a bit of work on coastlines, both in Scotland and worldwide. The research I've been dealing with of late has been a piece of work called Dynamic Coast. And what the Dynamic Coast project aimed to do was to identify where um, the beaches and dunes, uh, the coastline of Scotland is being eroded, where it's being accreted, that's developed outwards, um, and what the rates might be. Uh, commissioned by the Scottish Government, basically as a, as a management tool. What we found was that the historical rates of erosion were relatively limited. We had bits of coastline that were eroding and bits of were depositing, but things were more or less in balance. However, since the 1970s to modern, that's the almost 40 years to present, we've seen an increase in the extent of erosion on Scotland's beaches and dunes of about 40%. But the worrying bit within that is that the rates of erosion have increased by a half a metre per year to one metre per year. So that means that we've got a major issue in terms of erosion on the Scottish coast. And because we know where all the houses are, where all the factories are, where the lengths of railways are, where the roadways are, where the area of the, the runways and such like are, all the assets, we can then identify by overprinting those assets onto the erosion map where the crunch points of erosion are now and where the crunch points of erosion are going to be in the future. The interesting thing about relating climate change to the coastal erosion problem on Scotland's coastline is that we think we've already captured part of that change already. What's very clear is that since the 1970s, the rate of erosion has increased, the extent of erosion has increased. And so because climate change has begun to accelerate, because temperatures are beginning to rise, sea levels are also beginning to rise. And though that rising sea level, the increase in intensity of storms, translates into coastal erosion. And all of those effects have been kicking in with increasing depth and frequency since the 1970s. And similarly, we've got an increasing erosion problem on Scotland's coastline since the 1970s. By the year 2050, um, what's likely to happen is that the shoreline that we have today is not going to be in the same position. Where we've got a natural coast or a coast that's relatively structurally unprotected, it's likely that that shoreline is going to advance sea uh, landwards. It's likely that the government is not going to be in a position to fund any protective works. And it's much more likely that we will either begin to build with nature, that is, deliver sand to the coast to build our beaches, or begin to move our assets inland, to begin to adapt. As coastal erosion um, advances around the coastline, what, what waves and tides and currents tend to do is to erode the bumps, erode the bits that stick out into the shoreline, and move the sediments eroded from those locations into the inlets. Much of our outer coast is eroding, and the sediments are being lost to inlets. So those inlets are infilling. Um, so there's lots of sediment being brought into the Solway Firth because it's a big re-entrant. It's called a sediment sink. The problem we've got now is that some of that sediment's beginning to run out. So zooming down to Caer Laverick when we're standing uh, in front of a relatively wide salt marsh um, leading down to a very, very sandy intertidal um, with lots and lots of sand at low tide, that shoreline has been moving in and out for centuries. 
um, the two rivers that run in the Lochar water to the east and the river Nith to the, to the um, west have been moving around. And as they move around, they erode bits of the shoreline themselves, fluvial erosion. Um, and then they move after a few years to another location and that begins to infill. So the area in front of Kerlaverock has been subject A to that fluctuation of inputs of river water to, the, to either side, eroding bits and developing or accreting bits at other time periods. Some of the bits that have been lost have been of the order of half a kilometre, 500 metres have been lost on the um, eastern side of Kerlaverock towards Priestside Merse on the other side of the Lochar water has been lost. On the other hand, that 500 metres have been gained on the western side. So it's a bit of a profit and loss movement back and forward at Kerlaverock historically. How that might change in the future is that as sea level begins to rise, the picture might begin to change. And what I fully expect might be happening is that the edge of the salt marsh at Kerlaverock will begin to slowly erode. Um, the flooding will begin to increase so that tidal waters at high watermark spring tide or even during a storm surge may begin to impinge further and further inland than ever before. And it may well be that Kerlaverock Castle itself becomes accessed by the sea at some time in the future. It's also likely to occur because Scotland, although in the past has been rising out of the sea because of glacial isostatic adjustment, that's the raising up of the land once you've melted off the glacial ice. Kerlaverick and the Solway Firth are very close to a thing called zero isobase, which is where the rate of uplift is very, very limited. In fact, it's negative. And so the Solway is at a hinge point where isostatic uplift is not going to help the condition of sea level rise in the Solway. So we should have a clear sea level signal of sea level rise in the Solway into the future. So that's an indication of what might be in store for the Solway in the future. A slow but sure increase in the incursion of sea level into the interior, aided during storms by a thing called a storm surge, which elevates the, the water level temporarily.